Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Today's Bite Size comes from episode number six of the Strive Stronger podcast with my good friend and ex-cricketer, Ed Cowan. Ed talks openly about how adding mental skills to his training approach helped push his game further than he thought possible than just doing physical fitness. In particular, Ed discusses his use of journaling and self-reflection to look at what went well, but also what didn't go well, so he can try and emulate more of the good things in the future, as well as eliminating what went wrong from his skill set and to avoid repeating the same mistakes. Knowing Ed and having been Ed's fitness trainer when he was at New South Wales Cricket, I was impressed, surprised, but I was really impressed how deep he went by himself in adding mental skills to his repertoire. Cricket, sport, life has evolved a lot the last five or ten years around mindset. Back when you started, the, the era before you, you, you do cricket, and then the initial days, Stumper would say to me, Steve Rexon, it gave me an amazing opportunity to work with you and a whole lot of players. Stay until September, October, and Maisie, what are you doing? I'll come back next off-season, and it slowly changed. So now we know to develop yourself, you can train your craft, you can train for cricket, or you can train your job, you can train your body, strength and conditioning, fitness. You can train your mind and and people leave that mind one. Often it's out of desperation or it's often out of fear or it's often when there's a problem. But you dug into that and actually you dug into that more than I realised and I've found this out post-career so I need to flag that because when we were working together, it was very much the second one fitness focused. So I want to know what did you do to train your inner game, to train your mindset? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, and and to answer the question, I'll come back to the specific answer, but it feels like you need the building blocks in place and then there's a huge leap that takes place. To go from the building blocks get you to a 6 out of 10, to go from 6 to 10, it's all mental. And so and they come in incremental gains. The building blocks can come in big chunks, but the mastery from 8 to 10, you really need to have been at a six for a while and then you chip away and there's no exponential ramp up. So just to give that framework mm, of how I framework. thought how I thought about it. So at 24, 25, when we were working closely together, it was about being physically fit, toughening up, making sure my hunger was kind of devoted in, in the right mental energy. But then I began to realise that the big improvement was, was coming in and around my own mental capability. And I, I'd always had the mental capability to bat for long periods of time. But what you get exposed to over time playing elite sport or you know being a high performer in any uh, field is how to deal with pressure and how to make sure that you can perform at a consistent level day in, day out. Because there's no, there's no good being the guy who's good two days of the year because one, you're probably not on the team, and two, you're no good to your team if you are in the team. And so this aspect of how am I going to make sure that my best days are good but my worst days are not terrible? And so I'm going to make sure that I'm moving up and to the right in slow increments but in a band. And so I'm not hot and I'm not. And that for me was about finding routine in, in my own mental game, it was about understanding my reflections and I, I, I began keeping a, a batting diary and understanding 
deeply my own emotional skill set. Someone who's not familiar with the term batting diary, it's a journal. Like it's a journal, journal yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a not a gratitude journal. It was uh, I, I would call the cycle being it was key to my preparation. Who am I playing against? How are they trying to get me out? Um, right. So you go through that same. I'd process go through the same process day. every time, and then I would on the the morning of the day I would reflect very quickly on all those things that I'd put in place for the week and it would also shape your training for the week, you know, I'm facing this person. so. But that would all go in the journal. Then I would go and perform and then I would reflect on that performance. How did I feel um, mentally, physically, what I ate, how I slept, um, you know, started tracking those things. But more importantly, how well did I measure up to the things that I said I was going to do? I said that I wasn't going to cover drive Maisie bowling right arm off spin and I got caught cover driving Maisie right arm off spin. <laughs> that, that's a fundamentally flawed story for anyone who has seen me in the nets, but, but keep going. But the, So the line would then go through, mate, you committed to not doing X and you did X. You need to get better. What? Okay, well, let's dig into that. What were the things that led you to making that mental error, having committed to X and doing it? And so you be, the patterns start emerging. Did, did you work that out yourself? Because yeah, as you were saying that, and you know now I'm back in sport, yeah. loving it, doing mental skills. And we look at at least 12 essential mental skills. You can train an athlete or train a corporate worker or a small business owner. It starts foundation, so storytelling. Yeah. Do you have the ability to navigate your inner voice? As you're saying that, check. The next one is self-identity. Are you more than just a cricketer? Do you have a higher level vision purpose? Check. Do you have the ability to regulate or replenish and utilize energy? Check. So they're foundation skills. You're saying this stuff and it's, 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 it's very evolved sports psychology. You get up to the next level. Do you have the ability to control your breathing? You're doing it now. You did it before we started the podcast. Do you do so Can I just interrupt you there? Yeah, yeah. That, is the, that was the most important thing I ever learned around dealing with any kind of pressure on the cricket field. And so my entire batting routine, and by batting routine I mean the bowler is running in. So, you know, so he's running in. Wanting oh, to knock a ball up in your chip. Exactly. And I would have the same number of taps, the same number of breaths every single time the bowler would run in. And you How would, many? It would be three taps, three breaths. So yep. slow? Yep. Show me. What does it look like? Well, <laughs> I'm kind of out of the game now, but we'll keep the story moving because for me that was something that I could innately control every single ball. That is mm. something that I – what I couldn't control is what came out of his hand, but that was such a calming thing that would ensure that – you are making the best possible split-second decision. If you're holding the bat tense and breathing quickly and shaking the bat quickly, it's like, you know, you are. You might get an outcome but you're not going to get it consistently. And so it would always be how can I make sure that I'm optimising for consistency mm. and performance? And so breathing was by far the most important thing that I learned to do when I was under pressure. Wow. Uh, mindfulness, check. Mindfulness is being present non-judgmental. So you're not thinking what the ball's going to do, you're reacting to it. You're looking at controlling nerves, Yerkes, Dodson, inverted U hypothesis. Then we get up into the really elevated sports psych stuff and this is where it often goes wrong because we go too high before, as you said, you get the base levels, imagery, visualisation, drive, which yep. is goal setting and vision. And then you're looking at confidence, which is the higher self-efficacy, Albert Bandura, where you are actually controlling this. That's really advanced to work that out for yourself. Well, I don't know, it, it was kind of self-taught uh, knowing basically that I could recreate patterns, you know, like yeah. so it's, it's kind of how my brain works. I would realise 
what worked on any given day. Well, if that worked on any given day, why wouldn't I try and repeat that and see if that works again? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. It worked again. And all of a sudden you build your own mental model as to what works Mm. and not everything works for everyone. And so what became really positive, it becomes a um, self-enforcing loop as well because you perform well, you gain more confidence, you understand better what led to that performance so you perform better, gains more confidence. Like a, a, confidence capability. Confidence capability, but it came down to this, how well am I preparing, how well am I performing, but the most important thing of, of that completion was the reflection. Mm. And to have the ability to hold the mirror up, you know, with absolute certainty on any given day and and be honest with yourself and to reflect positively as well as negatively to understand how that can then you know, feed back into your preparation performance because the worst thing you can do is be constantly negative with yourself and the, the self-talk can really, it's a doom loop from there. So Don't nick the ball. Don't, that's right. yeah, Don't so, get out. So, so frame it as, well, I didn't do this. I, I would always, and we're, we're kind of diving deep, I would always say, well, here are the things I did wrong, but here are the things that I'm learning from that and committing to from here. So it always have the positive angle in the end, even though there was a negative bent to it to start with. You know, at times I'm quick to stir you and give you a hard time. So I need to balance that out, but I'm impressed that you did that. And I, I didn't know that you did it that day. It was, it was the, I would say I was by no way the most talented player, but I, I worked out a formula for my own mental health and my own mental performance, I think far faster than people my age and that's probably why I progressed. What's coming out, there's a threat. It's not just doing, it's actually looking at what you need to do next. So oh. you're always looking a couple of years ahead whereas sometimes we don't think ahead. So that, that's why, I mean, this is slightly contrarian, I don't love goals because they always feel finite and so it was always, oh, sorry, I don't like goals and reflection processes on 12 months. What are your goals for the season? I was like, no, I want to reflect every day. What do I want to achieve today? What is my job today? And at the end of the day, I want to reflect on whether I've achieved that or not. And if I haven't, why not? Because it's going to go into my list tomorrow. And so particularly in the corporate it blows my mind having now been in the corporate world for three years that we go on these 12-month reflection cycles. And let's set goals for the year. I'm like, whoa, can't we just be super focused on the incremental gains we can get every day? I know if I'm the best person at work every single day, then you're going to get a hell of a lot out of me. Um, And so let's find ways of making sure that everyone's optimizing for the team on every single day, not this kind of huge performance reflection. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Stride Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Stride Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including Matchfit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. 
And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.